hang in at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Rolling into our number two. Caleb Herring is here, the former Rebel quarterback. It's Cofield. Mateos helping out back in our Finley Toyota Studios. It's Damon. A lot of college football coming up. We'll break down uh, in some form or fashion all the NFL games. I just got, you know, when, I, when I'm out on remotes, we often talk about food. And, you know, it's a restaurant, bar at the Golden Circle. I talk about drinks and food, right? I like it, and that's why you're going to come down, you know, aside from the sports betting, the machines in the background, the, uh, the horse machine, uh, the, the uh, kiosks that are open 24-7. Um, so I mentioned the chicken tenders here. And Eddie messaged me on Facebook. Now I got some pressure. He goes, please post a photo of the chicken tenders. I want to see how breaded, battered they are. Thanks. Ha-ha! All right. I guess, I, I guess I'm going to have to walk over to uh, the bartender and order some, or uh, should, I, <laughs> should I try it for a spiff? Should I go to Tony Neville here at the book? Be like, I need chicken fingers for the listeners. Hey, the, chick- the listeners want to know. It's for the listeners. It's for the listeners. I won't even eat them. I'm just taking a picture. We want to bring the people the truth. Well, yeah, you always want to bring people the truth on food. That's your that's your mission in life. Now. It's the truth. Are we talking double breaded? I, I mean, now I want to know. Are there's, we? Now are they double breaded and double fried? They're, I mean, this Boy, is I'm twice twice baked. What are we doing here with the chicken fingers? <laughs> I had them a couple times last year. I don't. Rem- I remember them. I can look up pictures. Maybe I mean, I can use an old picture. So you a couple of years ago, and they left a mark on you, where you're like remembering them fondly, like yeah. a, like a, a a long lost lover. Like what? Yeah, I would never. Uh, I'm, I'm. Trust me. Uh, if you've listened to Broadcaster Bites and love a clip of it later on, I will never go on the air and and pump up food that I, <laughs> I don't really like. Because, first of all, I don't want to hear it from other people. But yeah. like you said, we're here for the truth. We might not be here for the sports truth, but food truth? Yeah. Yes. That, that's what We do not play around about the food. I have a reputation. Caleb has a reputation. We're foodies. I, I, I'm, I'm like okay ch- saying that. We're foodies. Damon, I can, I can tell you from being around Caleb, he's... You've now turned into a certifiable lunatic on this stuff. I, I'm a lunatic. The ranch, the ranch you go on over food. I've, I've offended someone's mother over oh, food. Did, that's right. Uh, Nick Murphy, who is the engineer on most of the UNLV games, Damon, basketball and football, he, his mom made banana bread and asked for a score a couple of days later, and Caleb actually gave her kind of a lousy score. <laughs> There's no kind of about it. It was a bad <laughs> score. It was a really bad score. I tell the truth. I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> well, I'm looking on the menu for the, uh, oh, don't, oh, my God. They better have them still. Did I pump? Oh, there they are. The Southpaw Chicken Tenders. They're left-handed? I don't know. But do, they're, do left-handed they're, chickens taste better than right-handed chickens? Possibly. We'll do some research. But they are bountiful. Bountiful. I usually, I usually, I like it. Yes, bountiful chicken. They are the Southpaw chicken tenders. Bring me more ale. Some the, the, when, you use, <laughs> when you use a I word like, like a, bountiful, I would like a grog of Dosakis, <laughs> and I want that to be the collector glass. Yes, yes. Oh now God. we're talking. Now, now I have no choice but to get the <laughs> the, the bountiful chicken tenders. Awesome, awesome. All right, pick four time. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents The Big Four at Four. Number four. 
So towards the end of that, we're going to talk to Shannon Kelly, Nevada Sportsnet, about what's going on with Nevada football. And, you know, both sides have had or are going to have a good 13 days off between the game. On the UNLV side, you know, in a lot of ways, the, the fortunes of the programs have flipped. And don't don't get cocky if you're a UNLV fan because you won a close game against Vandy. Um, you know, there are moments where you're like, okay, these things have to be fixed against Hawaii and UTEP. But you find it interesting that this team led by Barry Odom at 4-1 and one is like, okay. Yeah. that it's 4-1 and one is exciting for the community. Everybody's like, yeah, 4-1, and one, they're doing great. It's awesome. You talk to Barry Odom or even the players, and they're like, we do what we're supposed to do. We're 4-1. and one. Yeah. We, we thought we came in. We executed some things good. There's plenty to correct. But, uh, yeah, it's okay. We're on to the next one. And it's like, well, well, geez, that's different. Like, like are, are we not fired up about it? The, the answer is no. It's what you're supposed to do. And I think that's the right attitude of a winner, of a winning program. It's not to be all bent out of shape about winning. And I think they thought they should or could or very likely should win their games in the schedule. And wow. even listen to Coach Odom, he's, he kind of snuckily said something about the Michigan game. Like, like yeah, we thought we could come out cleaner, but 4-1 and one's good. It's like, whoa, right. the expectations are changing in-house. 4-1 and one's not enough. Put on the gas. All gas, no break at UNLV. Number three. All right, I'm officially going to say with the Kelsey brothers – it's time to pump the brakes on at least the Trav side of trailer, as we'll call them, Travis and Taylor. Yes. The story in the New York Post today was so stalkerish. If I'm Kelsey, if I'm Travis Kelsey, I'm scared blankless. Did you read through the story? They're like, it was his birthday. He didn't spend it with, sources say, didn't spend it with Taylor Swift. He hung out with his buddies in the parking lot by Arrowhead. Like, you ever hang out? I mean, I think we've probably done it, right? After a show or after a game or whatever. Yeah. We, we leave the games a lot of times at, at Allegiant. Time. And we yeah. sit there for like a half an hour talking. And like, someone, there, there's paparazzi shooting that. Like, I'm just talking <laughs> football in the workplace with my friends. And there's like long distance shots. Yeah. It's so different. For Travis Kelsey, he's a megastar by NFL standards, right? He's, like, used to cameras during football stuff. But when you're messing with Tay-Tay, when Taylor Swift is your boo thing, yep. you've got a different level of paparazzi Don't coverage. Like, it's it's insane. Like, her fan base might actually rival what the NFL fan base is in totality. I'm not just right. talking about Travis Kelsey. but So getting, getting hounded by the paparazzi is now his new normal, and he better get used to it. Like, Taylor Swift... Drives around in bulletproof trucks. Like, that's a whole nother level of stardom that I don't think Kelsey was ready for. He was photographed at a gas station where he appeared, quote, to have this brand of cigar in his hand. I'm like, <laughs> wait, I got I to gotta watch when I go to the convenience store that someone's going to shoot? Are you kidding me? It's a distraction now. Like, it's like, wait, he's never dealt with this before. It's a whole new level. Like, the Kelsey brothers are great. Don't get me wrong. They're great for, like, us sports fans to digest. But now TMZ's watching you. Let me it's have, a whole different uh, thing. At the counter, let me have a Hostess cake, a 32-ounce soda, the cigars. And um, he looks around, he's like, can I get the mini Trojans over there? 
And then he's photographed outside, like, uh, well, Trav was with some extra small condoms. Like, wait a second. I, now I can't, I can't go to my favorite convenience store. Is there no privacy? There no. Isn't, there isn't. It, There's not. When I read through that story, I'm like, O.S. And it's it like, is on. It's like everything is like it is alleged that he was not with Taylor Swift at this point. So, but it doesn't matter. Now you're associated. You're affiliated. And we want to know. By the way, those are scurrilous rumors about it hadn't been small junk or extra small. I was just using that as an example. Number two. Number two. Nothing to do with my dislike of the Chiefs. I don't want to smear his name. Now, his mom, she might be the biggest star now of all the Kelseys. Donna Kelsey was on the Today Show, and they, the crew there fawned over her like I've rarely seen on that show. And listen here as they're like, what's going on when you and Taylor are there and you're talking? Quick question. As we look at this video, Donna, what, what were you guys talking about in the, in, the, in the suite? Like, was she leaning over asking about the plays that they were running? Or? I'll never tell. Oh. You know what I was? I was talking about this. You know when the commercial people come out in the orange gloves and they're on the field? Yeah. I was mentioning when they go like this, the commercial's over and they can play again. Oh, oh. interesting. I didn't know there were commercials. Yeah, we didn't know. Yeah. I mean, that, that right there, the follow-up on that, was worse than anything we've ever heard or watched on first take. And first take, it's crazy when all four people start talking and Molly Karam is, you know, whatever she's doing. I don't know what the hell. They were all like, oh, I never knew the commercials end and someone says play football. Donna. Oh, that's great information you imparted to to Taylor Swift. Donna, first of all, is playing this perfectly. She is playing her new stardom perfectly. She absolutely knows how to dumb down football for the audience that she's with. There's no way that that is the topic of discussion. That is no way that that's her football level of IQ with her sons being megastars, having this long of a career. She knows football. And even if she was telling that to Taylor Swift, she was dumbing it down for Tay-Tay. Donna is the big winner here. She's found new stardom. Like Travis Kelsey and the Kelsey brothers, Taylor Swift, they had money before this whole fiasco. She's capitalizing on it the most. It's the Donna tour. She's a celebrity. The Today Show? Are you kidding me? Number one. There you go. There you go. I thought I threw you off. I don't even know if there was a number two. I got so excited. Donna Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, his cigars being stalked. Man, who... Anyone out there who wants to be famous enough that you can't stand with your pals in a parking lot and just have a chat, that didn't seem too good to me. But eh, he's he's amassing wealth beyond uh, what any of us can amass in our futures. Not you, Caleb. You're a rising star. Um, all right, let's talk about the first sort of quarter here of the NFL season and the biggest surprise flops. You say it too. The Bengals. I think the Bengals are the biggest surprise to this point. Now, the Bengals, of all of these shocks, probably have the biggest chance to change the narrative by the end of the season because Joe Burrow is Joe Burrow. Uh, But when he got hurt in fall camp, I think everybody was like, oh, it's going to be a rough start for the Bengals. But then when he came back, it was like, oh, all is well. It's going to be fine. They're going to be one of the top teams in the AFC North. They're going to be right there in the AFC title. That's what everybody would have expected. The Bengals, one in three? Shock. Shocking, almost appalled at what they've done so far to this point. Now, the Jets, right behind them, but they have an excuse, at least. Aaron Rodgers. Bengals kind of do, too, at least for this stint. We know the Jets are without Rodgers for the whole season. Right. 
So I, I think they both kind of have an excuse. But I think the Jets even more so because Aaron Rodgers ain't even there, like, at all. And there was so much. Like, it was a gut punch when Aaron Rodgers went down. That It's hard for anybody to bounce back. But I think both of them are equally surprising. I don't know if anybody should really be shocked by the Giants being 1-3. and three. Really? I don't think so. I don't, I, I I don't think, know, man. My, my negative – my negative start teams that I'm surprised by, Bengals, Jets, because they had Rodgers, um, Giants, and the Vikings. Uh, I don't I don't remember. Like, I I know people said that the Giants could regress, regress to the mean. The Vikings could regress to the mean. Their margin of uh, victory last year, points for, points against, was relatively small for a team with double-digit wins. But the Giants, I, I, don't, I, didn't, I don't remember anyone saying the Giants could be a five-win team. I, and that's kind of what they look like right now. They they do. Like I don't I don't I don't think I believe their O line could be this bad. And and Thomas has been hurt. Yeah, I think the Giants in that way are surprised. Um, I think the Vikings are more surprising than the Giants. I'd say of those four teams that you said, the, the Bengals, Jets, Giants, and Vikings. I think the Giants is the least surprising. The Vikings is surprising because the NFC North was wide open. It was there for the taking. Aaron Rodgers leaving. Question marks with the Bears. The Lions had a good finish, but still jury was out. Who's going to step up? The Vikings, I think, were probably the safest bet to win the division. And the way they came out of the blocks, it's like they didn't want to seize on that moment. I know they've been in close games. They've had some comebacks. They've looked good at times. But you were supposed to take over the NFC North. Kirk Cousins gets a lot of flack. He's a solid, he's a viable quarterback. The fact that they couldn't make it work with him early on, ah, that's a shocker. That's the voice of Caleb Herring. We'll continue into the second half of the show. Uh, this hour is brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Offices in Reno and Henderson and Las Vegas. Give them a call from anywhere in the state, 766-1400-775 in the north. Now back to Cofield and Company, live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. So, four games in. I'm Caleb Herring's with us. Four games into the NFL season, sort of quarter pole with 17 games in the season. We were just talking about some of the negative flops so far, like Cincinnati, the Jets, the Giants, and the Vikings. Who've been the biggest positives for you that are out to a surprisingly good start? I would say the Texans lead the way for me, and primarily because of C.J. Stroud, who was my number one guy coming out of college at Ohio State for the rookie quarterbacks that came out. I did not expect the Texans to have this early success. And it's not like they're 4-0. They're 2-2, two and two, uh, which is, I mean, solid for the AFC South, which is probably one of the worst divisions in football we'll get into that maybe a little later but the texans are probably my biggest surprise and cj stroud his early success uh no interceptions on the season so far he's looked comfortable he looks like a leader it looks like the texans have already had the question answered is he the franchise guy to build around he is two and two for the texans i think is my biggest surprise but there's some others there's some others that are surprising out there flip over to the nfc side the cardinals one and three on the record, but they've looked actually pretty good against some quality teams early in the season. They've taken some some shots at the big dogs and haven't looked bad uh, with Hobbs at the quarterback. It, it, there's times where I'm like, the Cardinals might be a playoff team? Question mark? Can they pull it off by the end of the season? Right now, they look good as a team. Record doesn't say it, but they're actually surprising on the field. 
I think the Colts have been solid, but again, it's out of the AFC South, so let's not rot up too much. They might win six games, but when Richardson plays, they've been pretty good. They're 2-2, two and two, and like you said, the Texans. So Texans, Cardinals, Colts, I'll say it five times after Caleb said it. But uh, those are the teams that I think are on the positive side. What happens with the Cardinals and the Bengals? Like the Bengals are not in a position to screw around anymore, but they've got they really do have bigger problems than just Burrow and his calf. Yeah. It's I mean, the age old problem of can they protect Burrow, that was the story since he first touched down in Tinty. It was like he'd be great if he could stay on his feet. He was the most set quarterback then. Right now he throws for the least yards through the air because he has to get rid of the ball so quickly. He's throwing short underneath routes, checkdowns, he knows the protection's not holding up. And then guys aren't able to cut loose. Jamar Chase is getting frustrated. He's like, I'm always open. Tell the media that because he just wants the ball. Yeah. Throw it to me deep. Which, let by me the make way, good plays. I know the way a lot of receivers are. You don't need that right now. No. Like, you know your guy is freaking it's laboring dumb. out there. Why are you Why are you complaining? Just you, He's the reason you're there. I, I don't know if he knows that or realizes that. He should. He's the entire reason that Jamar Chase is a Bengal right now. He's the reason he has a chance to be one of the top receivers in the NFL. I think just kind of take it easy in the press, especially early in the season. Like, you don't need that to become a storyline, too. You don't need that to become an issue where, oh, Jamar Chase is not happy with, with Joe Burrow. He's not satisfied with the Bengals' offense. He wants more touches. Blah. You don't need that. Be quiet. Struggle in silence. Let it figure it out. Joe Burrow is one of the best at doing it. You'll figure it out. He was in the media this week saying, this game's a must win. Against the Cardinals, kind of is. Joe Burrow is saying this is a must-win game, and I think everyone agrees. I think that's the right way to look at it. If they tailwind off of this one, lose another game, go to 1-4 and four, in the AFC North, which is a tough division to crawl back into. Like, there's probably not the most stellar, the most star-studded, the most like high-scoring division, but that team, that division, plays tough football. Ravens-Steelers, tough to come up. The Browns, when Deshaun Watson's healthy, Tough to come back if you dig yourself a hole early in the season from that. Let me pivot for a couple minutes to college football. We're going to get to Shannon Kelly from Nevada Sportsnet in about 20 minutes. Caleb Herring, Steve Cofield. DeMond's back in the Finley Toyota Studios. You linked out a story to Dion. Mm -hmm. What's the latest story here? Because I also saw your comments about some anonymous Pac-12 coach saying that Shadur Sanders is taking sacks and not throwing the ball away because he's worried about his completion percentage. Everything around Colorado turns into a big deal, even something as silly as this. Now we're gonna now we're gonna stat analyze and say that yeah. he's taking hits over throwing incomplete passes. Are we serious? It, it's ridiculous. I, it, it's that story came out and I was highly upset about it. Like the fact that this guy's coming and enjoying success, one of the top quarterbacks in the nation, and he has to face anonymous quotes apparently from coaches within the Pac-12 or Pac-2, whatever whatever it is right now. The fact that he has to go through that, that gets broadcasted, is just utter ridiculousness. He holds the ball too long. Yes, okay, fine. Critique that. But to suggest he's doing it to pat his stats as the staff and his dad as the head coach are doing it intentionally to make him look better for some reason, I think Shut up. Uh, honestly, what I want to say, well, shut up. Well said. Very eloquent. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I think. The, the, shut the, up. The, the, the purpose is, like, if you're going to say something so bold, so so unnecessary, at least put your name to it. The anonymity to that just makes it obnoxious. Like, 
if you're going to say it, nut up and say it like a man. Say it with your chest, right? But it's ridiculous to say that this guy who's done amazing things, one of the best quarterbacks in the country on paper and watching him play, not a lot of holes in his game right now. Yes, he may hold on to the ball. The fact that he's taken the most or close to the most sacks in college football, yes, he may hold on to the ball too long. But Deion Sanders and everyone has gone on record saying that Colorado's offensive line and defensive line, for that matter, are the weakest point on the team. It's no secret. And not to mention USC's defensive line, one of the best in the nation. Oregon's defensive line, hungry. These are the best defenses he could face. Yes, he's taking a lot of sacks against them. But he is the, the strong point of the team right now. No question about it. How dare you anonymously put out this slander on Shador Sanders for no reason, unprovoked? What has he done to you other than attract a lot of attention? It's ridiculous. I don't like it. I don't like it. It's a negative story. But then there's a the flip side, and Deion Sanders just keeps winning. The publicity coming his way is like, it's ridiculous. The recruiting element, we talked about Utah and giving everybody trucks. Obviously, everybody wants to go there because of that. Things like having Celebrity Row on the sideline for a Colorado State, Colorado game, Master P, Lil Wayne, Offset, the list goes on of the celebrities that were in attendance. Recruits were there on the sideline with that going on, and they lamented to it. A lot of recruits were saying, like, it's crazy. Nowhere else can you get that where you got celebrities on the sideline. It's like the Grammys out there, and Lil Wayne's doing the pregame. Like, it's like... What, where else can you get that? Dion's bringing that to Colorado. There's a, a restaurant, an Italian restaurant in Colorado uh, that has a sign out front. It's now Dion's favorite restaurant to go to, of course. But it has a sign out front that says Prime for President. And he comes in there weekly and enjoys a meal in there. He brings recruits on the official visits with him and unofficial visits. Like, hey, come sit down. Like, get to know me. I'm not giving you my number. That's one of the recruits that's telling the story. I don't give my number out. I ain't, easy, I ain't hard to find. Is one of the quotes. He talk, He says that to, to his, his haters, but also to the recruit. He's like, hey, you don't need to text me or nothing like that. I am who I am. Get to know me. Come talk to me. Come sit down. Oh, wow. Nobody else gets that. Nobody else can recruit like that. He's one of one when it comes to that. So, so you think, regardless you, you of you these stories. You think at the front end of this that it's motivated by some jealousy? Absolutely, 100%. I think, I think anything people can do, coaches, other, other people in the, in the media, anything they can do to take their shots at Dion. They'll do it. And I think attacking his son is one of those things. Like, like criticizing his son unfairly is one of those things. Because there's nothing, I think, that could get under Dion's skin when you talk to him. Yeah. And I think people are realizing that. You could take all the shots you want. He will make it a win for himself. You realize that. But if you take a shot at his kids, that may be a soft spot, as it is for most dads out there. So yeah. that's what I see this as. The attack on Shadur Sanders, I think it is an attack on Dion trying to get under his skin. That dinner thing is really interesting. Damon, this takes me back to the early talk when Colorado got that win over TCU, and Dion was like, African-American head coach, 75% of the roster, African-American players. Oh, they don't like that. Oh, they don't like that. And I think some of the they they were referencing are the same they that right now are like, oh, crap. A young player, an African-American player, can go to Boulder, Colorado and have – dinner with Dion at some Italian restaurant uh, we can't do that let's get him trucks like what do you what do you what do you do how do you compete with that right <laughs> oh you're talking to me okay <laughs> it was a long setup sorry yeah I don't think you can compete with that yep. 
because as Caleb said, you know, it's the Grammys on the sidelines, former players, Hall of Famers. Uh, along that story, something that you can't get, whether it's one guy said the rock shook my hand and it was crazy. I'm sorry, you just can't replicate that at another school. Maybe the University of Miami could if they invited them back. But you can't replicate just kids being in awe of who's on the sideline. And Caleb, as Caleb mentioned, Coach Prime just being authentic. I'm not saying that these other coaches don't have the time to say, hey, let's go out and have a dinner. But it probably doesn't hit the same. Dinner with Nick Saban don't hit the same as it does with Dion. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say it. And I'm going to 100% agree with you. It's Prime. The man had a segment before he was a professional player at Florida State. This is how larger than life Dion is. He had a segment dedicated to him as primetime, and that was just his name. That's what they called it because it was him that was doing it. Like Saturday afternoons became primetime. Why? Because Dion was playing. One of the best players to ever play football. One of the only players to ever play both sports and succeed at a high level. Talking about MLB and the NFL. He did both at the same time. He's one of the best athletes to ever walk the face of the earth. And on top of that, has a natural charisma for the celebrity side of it. Since day one, from running the 40 in the combine in sweats and just leaving after, like, I've done enough. You don't need to see any more of me. I'm Dion. Come get me. Come talk to me. He's been that since day one. You can't duplicate that. And it's, it's almost unfair because it breaks the mold for coaching. Like, what you're supposed to be, what people have emulated, yep. a smug, I know football uh, coach. Look it at, doesn't work like that. Look at the guy who's going to be in the most trouble in the Big 12. When Colorado's recruiting against Oklahoma State, Gundy with the, I'm 40. You know, kids these days. Like, what? No. Get out of my house now. Dion's coming. Leave. Get out. <laughs> I've got an appointment with Prime. <laughs> that's me as a dad. Leave. <laughs> but that's what it's going to be. Like, I'd rather have Dion in my living room than Gundy. Just being 100%. Now back to Cofield and Company, live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, rolling on. Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. Um, all right, we got the chicken fingers here. So Caleb's giving them a run. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, we do a Broadcaster Bites podcast. Broadcaster Bites podcast. UNLV Broadcaster Bites podcast. Every week you see the uh, video clips up on our social media. We have a good time in and out of town. Kind of great in the food we get around the football team, on the road, going to bars and restaurants all over the place, as we call it, the uh, Vittles and Grub around the Mountain West Conference. And... You know, when we're in town, we're judging off of what we eat locally and also what happens at Allegiant with the media meal. Uh, let's fire this portion of Broadcaster Bites as my friend Caleb Herring was not happy with a meatless option and uh, lost his you-know-what. Just say that. There's a salad at the beginning of every menu, of every buffet line. Get the salad if you don't want the meat. Yeah. Don't put that lie that you call impossible meat at the end of pork sliders and yeah. loco moco and the delicious who could i don't want to say it the chicken don't put impossible meat at the end of that lineup and tell me give it a try yeah. no i'm not i will not live a lie i don't know how it's made i don't know what goes into it but if being vegan or vegetarian was so appealing it would stand on its own merit don't imitate meat to try to get me to be vegetarian i'm not doing it i want the meat fair point um, are you willing to start a little bit of a revolution of movement here to get like 15 or 20 media members to go up to Mark and say, 
that fourth chafing dish is coveted territory. <laughs> Put some meat or some sort of substance pasta in there. Get the impossible out. I will not do that. I support impossible. I will do it. I will I will send around a petition. I will go next home game at Allegiant. I will have a clipboard and a paper. I need 35 signatures. If I hit 35, get it out of here. We don't want we're sick of living lies. We want to tell the truth. We bring the people the truth. And impossible meat is a lie. Stop the impossible movement. I don't want it. Burger King has impossible beef. Get out of here. That's not burger. That's salad. Shaped like a burger. Get it out. Yeah. No. Damon, where are you at on the impossible? There's usually one meatless option. And by the way, what UNLV does at Allegiant for the media is very nice because we're talking about salad and drinks and like four different food options and desserts. No one else in the Mountain West does that. Uh, Michigan had a decent, for a Power 5 school, had a decent spread, but it's not, it doesn't, it's nowhere close to Allegiant. What do you think about the impossible item as an option? Caleb, you've been on fire all day today, but you were wrong dissing the impossible meat. What about the people who want a little vegetarian option, a vegan option? Eat the salad! Salad, salad, salad. salad. You can't just you can't just minimize people who don't eat meat to just salad. That is darn right offensive. You made a choice. You made a choice. And they wanted to be vegan. (laughs) Eat your salad and like it. Vegan does not mean just grass. Okay, as someone who was vegan for about two months, that's all I could last. Oh, and why just stop? Exactly. exactly. Your case in point, Demond. You stopped being vegan because you wanted the real deal. Your stomach was not satisfied. Get out of here. I am off the impossible meat train. I, if, you want, if you want to go meatless, you eat salad, and you leave the rest of us alone. You didn't have to eat it. No one made you eat it. Did you try it? I, I will never. I will, I've, I've mistakenly bitten into impossible meat one time. It was the only time. They really got good at hiding this. And we talked about it before. When you throw sauce on it and, like, you know, it, it gets the steaming. Sometimes you can make a mistake. I made an honest mistake, and I bit into a burger that was supposed to be a barbecue pork burger, and it was like, what? That's not real meat? And I instantly knew, and I regretted it. Never again. Caleb and Al Michaels. Caleb and Al Michaels, I tell you. Oh, that's right. We never got into the whole Al Michaels discussion that the guy's never had a vegetable in his life, and he's 78 years old. He's he's trucking along. He's right. I feel like that's a failure on the part of his parents that he didn't eat vegetables ever. They knew. They're like, he doesn't like them. We're not going to make him eat them. Then 78 years later, he's still alive. Now back to Cofield and Company, live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Sarah's brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 766-1400, the number. Offices in Reno and Henderson and Las Vegas. Let's go up north, and Shannon Kelly is with us. Shannon, how are you? Caleb Herring is here. It's Cofield. What's up? Hey, guys. I'm doing well. How are you? Thanks for having me on again. Yeah, we, uh, we tried on Tuesday. We barely got to it. <laughs> and obviously the big news up north, aside from uh, some interesting stuff with football and basketball, is the uh, overarching story of an investment in the community by the uh, Grand Sierra Resort. Um, you said it was kind of kept under wraps pretty good. And tell people down here what are the plans, because it's a billion-dollar project with Alex Murillo and Grand Sierra. So what does it entail? 
Yeah, it's a, a really interesting project. It was pretty much kept well under wraps, and you know, until Tuesday, uh, little things, you know, kind of started to come out here and there. But a 10,000 seat arena is the plan. It'll be the home for the Wolfpack men's basketball team. They're expected to start playing there 2026 or 2027, pending uh, when the Board of Regents votes. But um, along with having a brand-new state-of-the-art facility, they're expected to upgrade the driving range. It'll be more like a top golf style uh, driving range, which will be pretty cool. And then also adding on another casino tower, some parking garages, uh, really just kind of transforming the whole property of the Grand Sierra Resort. But really cool to see some of the renderings that uh, have came out and how cool this thing could look if it all comes to fruition. So what has been sort of the, the reaction from the community up there about this project? Because it does look cool, looking at it from Southern Nevada, obviously it's, it's a really cool project and the potential for what it could mean for the community. What has been sort of the consensus reaction from folks up north? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. And, and honestly, in my time here being a, a Nevada graduate and now being in, in the business up here, I have not seen fans this excited about something in a very long time. I mean, obviously, Nevada making it to the NCAA tournament, fans are excited. But this, I feel like, is just a different kind of excitement that people feel like who aren't even so much interested in, in sports, per se, have been posting about, talking about. I've you know talked to some people who aren't necessarily big in sports but they're like wow that's this is so cool you know i saw this announcement over at the grand sierra um yeah i think just a really great big buzz and excitement from people all around it and unlike anything i have really seen nor has there ever been something like this you know uh, kind of announcement either though yeah i think it's incredible for steve alford and the wolfpack basketball program because while lawler is you know a cool arena it is an older arena it does not have the amenities that a lot of the brand new arenas have. I mean, basketball fans there must be out of their gourd to get a state-of-the-art new 10,000-seat arena. Yeah. You know, it's kind of funny. We had a poll on Twitter. Every week we have a poll, and this week our question was, are you more likely to attend a game? And 85% said yes. 15% of people said no, which I was a little surprised by. But I mean, 85% of people, I mean, how could you not be excited to want to go to a game at a brand new arena, and if it all comes to look like the way it has in the video videos of the renderings that they showed, and renderings, I mean, it, it looks truly one of a kind. And Coach Alford said, you know, once this thing does come to life, we're going to have the best facility in the Mountain West. Well, you know, the, the crazy thing about the fan reaction that 15% said I'm not more likely is that it's not crazy. Because fan, <laughs> fans are creatures of habit, and I'm not going to be ageist here, but I... There are certain fans around Vegas where if the UNLV games move out of the Thomas and Mac and move to the Strip, they're pissed, right? They played at yeah. T-Mobile. They played at uh, MGM Grand Garden Arena. They played at Mandalay Bay. Now, uh, with the rodeo in town where they used to have to just bail out of town and go somewhere, now they've got an arena in Henderson that they're sort of using as a home arena. That is beautiful. People still complain. They, they're like, nope, don't like it. It's like... If you root yeah. for the like, if you're a Wolfpack fan, if you root for Steve Alford and the program to do well, how can you d- deny them, you know, going to the game and contributing to the program? Do you want them to win or not? I, I agree, and and you know, it's funny. I said on our show earlier this week when we were going over the poll, I'm like, maybe we're some of these people they just randomly voted and don't really pay attention to us or or to basketball potentially. Um, 
I did have, you know, one person commented to me and said, hey, I don't want to deal with the parking and the traffic and walking. But we also don't even know yet what the parking situation and how they're going to get students over to the arena. The university said they have a plan in place to get students over since it is off campus. But um, I think a lot of things still questions that are up in the air. The traffic and parking. It's a 10,000 seat arena. You're not going to Grand Sierra Resort is off on its own. You're not going to the freaking Las Vegas Strip here. What are they talking about? I know. I I know. I I think if anything, it's going to make it easier than Lawler because it's right off the freeway. But I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. What do we know? Uh, (laughs) I, I know you saw the TV package. Are fans satisfied with 14 of 18? Games being picked up by, uh, and we're talking about conference games, picked up by CBS and FS1, or are they kind of pissed that it's not including the last four? No, I think so. I mean, you know, it is the first few couple games of the season that aren't getting picked up by the the big boys there, but I think, you know, that's still an increase from last year, and fans are excited. I think there's a lot of buzz around this program now, and, hey, it's a couple more games than last season. So I think people are excited, and that's still a good number. You know, when you look all the way around the Mountain West, not everybody's getting 14 games. Now, when these things happen, you get a boost in funding and a community buy-in and an investment. Um, and out front, it seems like, hey, basketball is benefiting from it. While coaches want to say, hey, we're cohesive, we all root for each other, What what is going to the football program out of this deal? And I wonder behind the scenes if Ken Wilson is like, Come on! Like, I'm already limited in terms of facilities. I need help. Uh, is there anything in this deal that helps the football program? Not in this specific deal, uh, to, to my knowledge, of, from the GSR per se. But you know, Coach Wilson, uh, he said on our show actually last week that hey, he's like, you know, we've been trying really hard to get this indoor facility going, and that's something that they've worked to. So maybe there's more down the line um you know we're hoping to get some sort of update on an indoor facility soon but from this specific project over here at the gsr message football wise uh, was excluded well most important thing is establishing the relationship and to get uh, that side of, uh, sort of a project from alex marula was a, a very big deal uh mm-hmm. media day for basketball is going to be here next week uh women on wednesday along with the west coast conference and the men on thursday are you coming back to your hometown you're going to be down here I am. I'm okay. coming back on down. I'm, I'll be there starting on Monday for the Packers Raiders game. Hello. All right. All right. Well, uh, are you guys? I assume Nevada Sportsnet is going to be set up in some form or fashion, right? Yes, we will be. Yeah, we'll be there. Uh, yeah, we'll have coverage from the Packers Raiders game from the Golden Knights home opener on Tuesday for the Northern Nevada home of the Vegas Golden Knights this season. So we'll have a handful of games on Nevada Sportsnet more than. 70s this season so really a really exciting week for us down in las vegas for sure all right we uh we could use co-host help if you want to help cover the uh the women i'll be out there i'll be out there but i'll be out there on wednesday and thursday uh doing some uh recording on wednesday morning so i'll see you out there um let's let's close on this one and shannon kelly's with us of course uh, one of the great voices of nevada Sportsnet. There's some weird news with one of the players on the football team. It's not weird. It's just a – is Assessima, is that how you say his name? Is he transferring or he's just not playing the rest of the season? He wants an extra year eligibility. Is it for Nevada or is it for somewhere else? 
Well, based off of what he put on Twitter, it would appear as if he's going to graduate and then, you know, have one more year of eligibility. But he's no longer on the team. Uh, He's not on the roster. But certainly it was, you know, not a surprise. He wasn't in Fresno, suited up against the Bulldogs last week. Uh, He was playing both ways for the Wolfpack against Texas State the week before. He was a pack leading receiver and he usually plays corner. But, yeah, it's a tough, tough break uh, for the Wolfpack to lose him, a guy who transferred in from Wake Forest. He's originally from Houston. Um, but, yeah, we'll see kind of where he where he ended up. I just did a story on him, and he told me Nevada was his only option when Coach Norvell was still here after he came out of the portal uh, Coach Norvell gave him a chance, and then Coach Wilson did as well. So we'll see where he lands. Well, have a great weekend, and I know part of it's going to be getting down here and working, and then we'll see you middle of next week, okay? Hey, that sounds great. Thanks, guys. You have a good weekend, too. There she is, former star athlete, softball player at Nevada, working for Nevada Sportsnet, Shannon Kelly. Um, let's take the last couple minutes of this hour to bounce around to a very light Mountain West schedule. What do you think of Boise and San Jose State? you have a good read on San Jose State or Boise? We, we, watched, we actually watched the Boise game a couple weeks ago uh, together when we were, uh, what, in uh, El Paso. Yeah. And I still think Boise's good, but, my God, their defense by the numbers, holy crap, not good. They're not good. They have a stud at running back, and he almost rushed for 200 yards, I believe, in the game we were watching. So, I mean, that's good to see. But I think San Jose State is one of the more talented teams, offensively, let's say. Their defense isn't up to what it usually is for San Jose State back when they were competing for the uh, the conference title. But Siobhan Cordero is a solid, legitimate quarterback. And I very well see them possibly upsetting Boise State. I, the spread, the number, I, I'm going to say no to that. Like 9.5 for Boise is what it was at uh, when we last checked. I think San Jose State covers that at least. But I think they come away with a win outright. And... They're one of the more talented teams. Like I said, a light slate. I don't know if Boise State's as dominant as they used to be, but also in action, and this is something we've talked about off-air, Wyoming and Fresno State is an interesting one because when you start talking about who's going to win the conference at the end, these conference matchups where they kind of just bludgeon each other, the guys that are going to be at the top, you think in Fresno State, uh, Boise State, maybe Air Force, they're in action against each other here, and somebody's got to lose, right? Like Somebody's going to knock the other off. Can Wyoming pull it off? Can Wyoming upset Fresno State? We'll see that, I mean, they're not as stable as they used to be, let's say, under Jake Hayner because he's obviously gone. They still have a potent passing attack, but is it as stable? Are are they as secure with their situation? I don't know. We'll see when they face Wyoming. Well, it's definitely a contrast in styles. And the style that Fresno plays has just befuddled Wyoming. They've just crushed them in recent times. But if I look at the game as a lot of it's going to come down to a run game, Fresno has gotten a lot better against the run. I just I have trouble shaking what UNLV did to them last year. UNLV ran roughshod over the Bulldogs and probably should have won that game had it not been for a couple of bad angles taken on uh, pass receptions and poor tackling. But they rushed for 221. Yeah. And I just, you know what, I, I got to admit, in person when I've watched Wyoming against UNLV, I am scarred. Like, I think they're the best program in the country because every time they play UNLV, they, it's just men against boys. I mean, it's physically destroy them. Yeah. So I'm just thinking, well, if Fresno wasn't great last year against the Rush, now they haven't proved. Now, I also looked at their list of opponents. There wasn't exactly a running juggernaut on the schedule. 
So I wonder how good the run defense really is and if Craig Wohl can just kind of play the you know, the bully ball, the road grader style, and be in this game uh, or pull the upset. They're getting six at home. It's control possessions. I think limit Fresno State's ability to be on the field. It's a formula. I think you can you can implement that formula and beat teams like Fresno. And teams have done it. And that's what teams have done to Fresno when they fall, especially when they go to the Power 5 level and play the UCLA's or, or other teams that they've played in the past. When you start to try to play bully ball against them, you can have an edge. And I think Wyoming has that formula built into their system. They've done it for years where they just play smash mouth football. Outside of the Josh Allen years where they were like throwing it all around the yard, they can knuckle down and play some hard-nosed football. Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar here at TI. Join us for the final hour. Stick around. we got a good one on the way with lots of NFL picks.